This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. I'm your greeter for this morning. Who's calling, please? Good morning, good morning, and good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's that, who's that, and who's that? Well, thank you so much for taking the time to call in on this early Saturday morning. We just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Again, my name is Tracy. I am your greeter on this Saturday morning. Would everybody like to say good morning at this time? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better, thank you. My voice goes and comes, but that's okay. (laughs) It's getting better. Thank you all for your prayers. You're You're welcome. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory on this Saturday morning. Would anybody else like to say good morning at this time? Good morning, this is Deborah Evans. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning. God is good all the time and all the time. He is absolutely amazing. God, we thank you for the Saturday morning for waking us up in our right mind. If anybody's on the line from the East Coast, it's going to be extremely hot. Please stay hydrated. Um, 170 degrees in New York, from what I understand, and it's 95 degrees right now. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is your greeter this morning. Would you like to say good morning at this time, or has anyone called in that didn't get the opportunity to say good morning? Good morning, sisters. Dondria. Morning, family. Good morning, sister Dondria. Good to hear your sound on this Saturday morning. Thank you, my dear. You too. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Declare Victory. Has anybody else joined us that didn't get the opportunity to say good morning? God, you are the answer to everything. We thank you again for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for covering us. Each and every day, thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning with breath in our body and blood still running warm in our veins. Thank you for your grace over our life as we slept last night. Thank you for calling in on Declare Victory. Did anybody else call in this morning that did not get the opportunity to say good morning and would like to do so at this time?
Yeah, 107 degrees is extremely hot for New York or in the East Coast period with the humidity. We give you all the honor, glory, and praise on this morning. We thank you for being our refuge. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. I am your greeter. Would anybody like to say good morning at this time that did not get the opportunity to do so? Good morning. It's his breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise. This is Kendra. Good morning, family. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning. Y'all, I know it's early, it's 6.04, but this is my, I'm usually up at 4 o'clock in the morning, so I feel like I've been up for a minute. I'm grateful, so grateful. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is your Rita Tracy. Has anybody else joined the line that would like to say good morning at this time? And for the people who have called and that did not say good morning, we thank you and welcome welcome you to Declare Victory on this Saturday Saturday morning. Thank you so much for taking the time to call and join us on the line on this morning. Okay, it's time to move on to the next segment of the call. Before we move forward, we will ask to mute your lines so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Tracy, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to join us this month of July, for the month of July, for a whole bunch of power-packed individual and unique messages from all our wonderfully gifted declarers. You don't want to miss out what we will be coming out of the bag because you are in for a big blessing. There are no announcements this morning. There are no prayer requests on the app. The order of the call is the declaration will be done by Lisa Porter. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Moses. And we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that again. The declaration will be done by Lisa Porter. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Moses. Then we will go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture today is Psalm 23 and 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading hearing, and doing of his word. At this time, we ask that you put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute 
I will now pass the call to the declarer. Thank you for allowing me to greet and host on this Saturday morning. I love you and have a great day. Love you too, Sister Tracy. Thank you for doing an awesome job being our hostess and greeter. Just doing a sound check to make sure you guys can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I heard that, Kedra. I think it was that said that. Pour out my praise with breath in my lungs. Um, here's my morning voice, but that's okay. We're we're hoping it'll warm on up. I'm just believing God. I have so much to share that I am pretty sure that we will not get through this. Um, maybe if I stick to the script. <laughs> but nevertheless, Holy Spirit, have your way. Um, thank you. I am I am certain, and thank you in advance, Moses, for ushering ushering us into um, prayer and praise in a place of um, um, being able to get up out of our stuff. So my title for you all this morning is um, Matters of the Soul, and you can't really talk about the soul without thinking about the heart, but I felt um, a leading to, to focus in that direction because of what Dion was talking about and um, Moses was talking about and Minister Philip and um, even with um, E.K. Dawson on yesterday. So it's kind of along that same line in that same vein, but it's just how God gave it to me. So I'm going to focus primarily on the soul, um, but I have a lot on the bottom about the heart, particularly that scripture that talks about guarding your heart. Um, just looking at that, I think there's a great study that can be done in that. So let's just get started. Maybe on the back end of the call we can look at that um, in Love, Life, and Victory if we have the opportunity, if the Lord says the same. So, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for who you are and what you're doing in the lives of your people. I thank you for newness of life. I thank you for revelation and illumination. I thank you for even the plain things, the things that we've known. They are coming alive to us, and they just make more sense to us now because you've given us an understanding. You've given us revelation. You're showing us what you've been saying all along. When you were talking about hearing, we cannot hear and seeing. We don't even see. I thank you for opening up the eyes of our understanding, that we're getting an understanding of not only who you are, God, but also who we are in you. So I thank you for newness. I thank you for an upspringing, an uprising. I thank you for increase in enlarged territories. I thank you for expanded borders. And I thank you for opportunities to share with others what you poured into us. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Teach as only you do. Speak as only you can. Reach someone's heart where they are and what they need to hear. You already know. So I sit back. I take a seat, and I pray that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I had to do a quick title, I'd say heart and soul, but we're going to talk about the soul. So I have a lot of scriptures. Um, won't probably say them all, but um, we'll come out as um, God leads. So in Genesis 1 and 26a, we're going to go through the whole Bible and I'm just playing. <laughs> and God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, right? So God said this. This is the Elohim, the, the, the totality of who God is, right? Number three, we're talking about that number in the Bible or in biblical terms means a union or approval, coordination, completeness, or perfection. Right. So I'm sure you've heard of like the word Trinity or maybe a triune God 
or maybe a tripartite, right, or tripartite. Um, but the only word that's really in the Bible is the Godhead, and that's found in Second Colossians 2 and 9. And it's talking about Jesus where it says, and for in him dwells all of the Godhead bodily, right? So First John 5 and 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. I was out taking a walk um, yesterday during my lunch break or taking a break, whatever. And, and I was thinking, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Word. Listen, God the Father, they bear witness in heaven. They come into agreement with one another. We already know that they are one. They are not separate. They don't work um outside of each other. They don't work in opposition to one another. They don't do one thing and the other one doesn't know. They are working congruently together, for they are one, right? But they still operate in different roles. Um, so the Father, the Word, we know the Word is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was just walking and I was like, how can I say that, God? And so I was just thinking, um, and I heard, really, I heard God the Father. He's the orchestrator. The Lord Jesus Christ, he's the administrator. He came here and showed us how, you know, to get it all done. We hear about God speaking everything into existence. We know Jesus, the word, as he spoke it, and the Holy Spirit as he hovered over the face of the earth back in Genesis. They were all there, right? So we have God the Father, the orchestrator, the Lord Jesus Christ, the administrator, and the Holy Spirit, who is the activator, right, on the inside of us to help us into coming into and becoming all that God created us to be. So First John 5 and 8, I read 7, let's read 8. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Here again, we have partnership. So how can two or three, for that matter, walk together except they be agreed? So just like God creating us in his image and his likeness, the three being one, we are made up. Please mute your line. We are also made up with three parts. So we have, and all of those three parts absolutely need to come into agreement, and neither one of them can be neglected. So you're moving around right now. That's you. Please mute your line. So we have the body, right? This is Soma. This is our physical material um, presence that we have where we can see it and touch it, right? That's our body. We know what this is. It's really a shell because um, without um, the spirit and without our soul, this body is going back to the dirt where it came from. So we have the spirit, pneuma, breath, wind. It's um, intangible. It's the breath of God, how God breathed into man and he became a living soul. Soul is our psyche or our conscious. And more commonly, we know it as our intellect, our emotions, and our will. That's our soul, right? So our intellect is that knowing and understanding Um if knowing what's good and what's bad is, is having um, wisdom, talks about wisdom being the principal thing and all about getting, getting understanding, right? It's our, our intellect, our intelligence, what we know. Our emotions are our feelings or our sensitivities, right? And that's where part of that guards your heart. Um, comes in, that proverb scripture, um, because out of it flows the issues of life. So our emotions are very important. It's just the misuse or the mismanagement of them or um, them not being whole or healed is where we have a problem or when we allow them to control our lives or our decision-making processes, right? And then we have our will. That's our ability to make choices and decisions, Right, So we know that our will as born-again believers has to be um, in subjection to or under the authority of Christ. 
So we should say with our will, just like he did being our perfect example while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It didn't stop him from asking for a different way. It didn't stop him from asking God to do something differently. Excuse me. In fact, he asked three times that that cup could pass from him, the cup of going to suffer um, for us on the cross. He had already started the suffering, right? So he had a nevertheless, it's not my will. I came to do the will of the Father. He's the one that sent me. So as born-again believers, those of us who have been bought with a price, and we have been, we have to recognize that our lives don't belong to ourselves no longer. So because we don't belong to ourselves, we have a good, good master, right? And this is what the world contends. Well, why would you want to be a slave to someone and all this stuff? And it's like a crutch. I don't care what they say. We are going to follow the authority of somebody, whether you do it on your job, whether you do it in your home, whether you do it under the authority of your mind. Now, what it's telling you to do, whether it's right or wrong, we are going to follow it, right? So everyone has to submit under some type of authority because that's how we operate, right? So why not operate under the authority and the guidance and the leading of someone who knows the end from the beginning, who already knows everything? And not only that, he's for us getting ahead of myself. So that's a little bit part of getting to that heart and soul. So it's impossible for us to make a healthy choice and healthy decisions if we're off or lacking in any of our areas, particularly what I'm talking about today in our soul. So here we go again. And in our intellect, we have Hosea 4 and 6. It says, my people perish or are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So when we don't know some things, we have a way of making uninformed decisions. There's no way that we can absolutely make the best decision apart from the Holy Spirit without knowing what we're deciding about. It's like a 50-50. It's a toss-up. Maybe it'll be the right one or maybe not. But we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us who's there to lead and guide us into all truth and to show us the way that we are to take. So why not take advantage of what we have free access to? So our emotions, Proverbs 15 and 18, and there are plenty of other scriptures. I just grabbed these to show if any of these areas of all are off, how, how we can have some trouble. 15 and 18 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds back, right? You know what that means, to give full um, vent to your spirit, whatever we feel like saying, doing, whatever, especially when we're mad or upset, that's when we can speak. And and I thank God for the ability, the maturity to guard our tongues, right? And that's a part of really governing and guarding our hearts. So the will, Galatians 5 and 16, if we walk by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if we are led by the Spirit of God, then that shows we are the sons of God. It also shows that we are able now to make right decisions because we're not making decisions um, without information. We're not making decisions based on our feelings or our emotions or even what we think and know sometimes, right? Because this Holy Spirit, he, he supersedes the intellect of man because of him being omniscient, all-knowing, right? So um, the women are in um, Thursday night's um, a book. Thank you, Dion, for recommending this to us. It's been phenomenal so far, and we're only in a few pages. Um, Emotional Healthy Spirituality. 
And the subtitle of the book is It's Impossible to be Spiritually Mature While Remaining Emotionally Immature. And that's by Peter Scarzero. Um, it's, it's basically talking about how we can't be totally consumed in our spiritual life by praying and fasting and showing up to church and, you know, working in all ministries and aspiring towards, you know, going to seminary and aspiring towards, you know, being this great theologian and doing every single thing, fasting and, you know, soaking and doing all this great stuff that we are supposed to do, right? But that can be our total focus and we totally neglect our body and our um our our soul right prime example thank you holy spirit as i'm thinking about it how many of you know pastors that are men after god's own heart that love um god with everything and that serve their their church and community and they are serious about the word of God, and they're living it, not living a life of hypocrisy, um, and they mean it, right? Um, but their home is falling apart, and their children feel neglected, and their wife feels like, you know, she's married. he's married to the church instead of being married to her. That it would be an indication probably um, dealing with that emotion and that soul area where we've neglected some of these other aspects of who we are, being tripart, <laughs> being three in one with having um, our ability to recognize that we are not only spiritual beings, we are spiritual beings living in this tent, having a natural human experience. However, we cannot negate the human experience or there will be some things lacking. Absolutely, the spiritual aspect needs to be first. And I believe if that's done properly, the Holy Spirit's leading and Him being true will show us how to get those other things in order. But there are some ways that sometimes, because they're separate, we don't realize they need to work congruently or in tandem or together with one another that we can um, just be so super spiritual and let everything else go, right? So even for me, speaking of the body, and I'm just going to throw this in here, you know, being on point and disciplined in some areas of studying and loving God and even working on getting our emotions together, we can't neglect this physical body. So what good does it do to be on fire, you know, in your spirit and to be emotionally sound and have right relationships with people and we're super overweight and we're tired, and even if you're not overweight but you're not healthy so you have no energy um, and no drive from your body to do what we've been called to do. Mm, that was a Selah moment. So my current class, and I love how God's doing things. I am in, um, some of you know I'm working on my master's and I'm going to go on to PhD. I've just gotten a revelation of life and a glimpse of some things, um, but I'm working on my master's in um, divinity, and my current course is, um, is pastoral counseling, right? And so it talks about, I, I love how God kind of lines up some of the stuff I'm learning in school, and forgive me, because I really should have been sharing a lot more of this stuff, but some of the stuff just comes out as a learning, how we communicate and talk anyway. Um, but the course is really talking about how um, we relate to people and how we listen as counselors. And so this creates a moment for us and how we are as people. We have certain personality types, right? 
And so this creates a moment where we feel like we have to filter out ourselves to be accepted. Got that from T.D. Jakes, but that really applies to this. We have to filter out who we are and kind of be a chameleon in certain situations in order to feel like we got to fit in. So it helps to create personality types um, that we move in and out of depending upon situations. So so here are two things that I'm having to study and write a lot of stuff about. So this is the me I want people to see. This is who I think people expect me to be. This is who I want to present myself as in front of people. And, and it really does become a part of who I am because that's how I function outside of my area of where I'm comfortable, um, where I can actually have this other personality type of this is actually me. This is me. This is who I am and my true, authentic self where I can let my hair down. I don't have to put on no makeup. I don't have to do none of that stuff. I don't have to be what I think um, people want me to be. I don't have to be strong. I don't have to be whatever it is. I don't have to be loud, flashy, the life of the party. I don't have to do none of that. I am free to just be me and experience what I'm feeling in the moment. And most of the time we do that with our family. We do that with our core, real people, right? But why is it that we feel like we have to do the shifting? And I think because of the shifting, we get tired. So also in this course, it talks about a practical way to deal with life's problems and life solutions, to be focused on the solution and not the problem. And counseling most of the time is problem-based, is problem-focused. But if we're focused on the solution and the solution solver, It can help us with our mind and our thinking, and that's why I say here that the heart part of this is so important, right? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And we've been hearing that for the last few days, and I hope it's been really resonating that we have to learn how to guard our heart because of it, out of that heart, out of that place is where all of our issues flow. And so we'll know what's really going on in a person's life by the words that are coming out of their mouth, right? But do we really? Is that their true authentic self or are they being who we think they want us to be or who are they being who they think um, they have to be in front of us? So what about just realizing, accepting the fact that we're not omniscient, we don't know everything, we don't know what's coming next, but we can get excited about knowing who has the next moment, the next breath right in his hands. And not only that, he has us in his hands. He has all the answers, and he really does care about us. He has a plan for us, a future, a hope, an expectation to give us a future, to give us a hope to complete the plan that he began in us before we even got here. He's going to complete that work by Christ Jesus in us and through us so that his plan will be completed. His plan is going to prevail. There's a proverb that says many are the plans in the man's heart, and that's good to make your plans, but don't be so fixated on them and non-flexible that when God's plan prevails, we get upset or have a problem with it or think, why didn't this, 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 or this work out? But if we recognize and really truly understand that our lives belong to him and that our steps are ordered by the Lord and he knows the way that we shall take, and even through our trials and tribulations and the things that we go through, He has still ordained or allowed them to happen 
because they are for a reason. The trying of our faith is producing something in and out and through us. It's working a level of patience in us, and patience brings experience because now we've been through some stuff, and so we can resurrect monuments and say that my God is able. He did it before. He can do it again. Even if it wasn't in my life when I hear your testimony, if he did it for her, he can do it for me. He is absolutely able. So knowing that he already has us in the palm of his hands, knowing that no matter what our heart's desire is, his plan will prevail because he knows the master plan he has and sees the end from the beginning. And we only see in part. We only see what he allows us to see, but we are not omniscient. So why not trust the one that is? So sometimes we make our problems bigger than our God. And it clouds our judgment and it clouds our ability and it interferes with our emotions. It deals with our heart and it affects us and it affects our ability to make rational, sound, coherent decisions. You have that ability. But after making so many different decisions that's contrary, first of all, to the word of God, that violates really and comes out of agreement with who he has called us to be, it's easy to start thinking that that's who you are based on the decisions that you or I make. So here's a saying. I love this. It says, your thoughts control your actions. It says, all good psychologists will tell you that. Someone once said, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a seed. Reap a habit. Sow a habit. Reap a character. Sow a character. Reap a destiny. All begins with the way that we are thinking and what we believe. Dion just said, all things are possible to him that believe truly is the word of God that says it. But she put it in our ears again to hear and remember. All things are possible. Yet the second part of that is to them that believe. And so whatever you believe and whatever you're thinking, you're going to see the manifestation of that coming about because you were created in God's image and likeness and you have the ability to create things. We are ensnared by the words that come out of our mouths. So why not be blessed by what we're saying? Why not be blessed by the word of God? Why not continue to put that in our forefront as we're writing it on our hearts so that it can remind us that we're in position to live a life that's pleasing before God? So back to your soul. The Apostle Paul wrote a lot about the soul. I just want to give you two verses, and then I'm going to read some verses about the soul, period. So First Thessalonians 5 and 23 Now may the God of peace sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body, he just said it, all three, be preserved, complete, without blame, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to read that in the Amplified Version. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him. That's what my name means, Lisa, it means consecrated to God. <laughs> Set apart for his purpose, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I will tell you the Holy Spirit has been really putting this scripture in my spirit, and you would have thought I would have looked it up. But nevertheless, I am remembering what it says about when the Son of Man appears 
Will you be found in faith? Oh, my God, it's already 6.30. Will you be found in faith? Right? So in spite of everything that's going on, I want everyone to take a moment and just think about what I am saying. If he were to crack the sky right now, because no man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man shall um, appear. We do not know when he's coming. He's coming in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and he's coming back for you and me. Will he find you? Will he find me? in a posture and a position of faith, believing that all things are possible because I believe, believing what he said and what he promised me, believing that he is my provider and my protection and my way maker and my deliverer and my strong tower, believing that what he said is true because he said it. Or will he find us anxious and nervous and depressed and worried and scared and that's no slight, that really is just reality. What if he came right now? None of that stuff that we're thinking about, that we're coming up against, that's coming up against us, none of that's going to matter. So the truth of the matter is it really don't matter right now. Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is living and active and full of power making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the body, of the soul and spirit, in completeness, right, of the whole person, and of both joints and marrow. That's the deepest part of us, right, the deepest part of nature exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what we stand on, our firm foundation, our solid rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, made flesh being the word of God, right? We stand on that because it's able to energize us, to make us effective, to give us hope, to give us a reason to keep getting up and going. But we don't even do that by our own strength. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that God has freely given to us. They're all three still yet working in and through you to will and do, in and through me, to will and do of God's good pleasure. So the exposing and the judging of those thoughts and those intentions of your heart that are coming up and you're trying to condemn yourself about, stop, right? He is exposing some things to bring them to your attention so that we can be intentional about making the decision from an emotionally healthy place to start making some changes in our lives so that our lives start lining up with the word of God, not only to be pleasing before him, but so that we can start really seeing the manifestation of what the word says that we should be as salt and light in this world. Laying hands on the sick and them recovering, treading upon serpents and scorpions and by no means them being able to harm us, being able to cast out devils in our children instead of just letting them run amok. Yeah, run amok. (laughs) So I went to sleep last night thinking about, and I guess this is where I'm going to have to end, maybe, I don't know. 
I went to sleep last night thinking about, God, give me an example in the Bible of somebody that was dealing with this. And I didn't really think about it too much. I didn't contemplate it. I wasn't stressing over it. I was just like, okay, God, you got this, right? Um, And I woke up this morning. I went to sleep listening to my um, audio Bible. And I woke up this morning in Genesis chapter 25. And he was speaking about Esau or reading from, reading about Esau and Jacob. So I just want to read a few verses, and I'm going to skip around just a little bit, right? So starting at verse 6 in chapter 25, and it says, But unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward into the east country. So we know about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know that Abraham had a son named Isaac. He was the promised child. We know that Abraham and Sarah, or Sarai, got out of the will. Um, Abraham and Sarai got out of the will of God and produced a quote-unquote problem child called Ishmael, right? When Ishmael, the word Ishmael means God hears. Um, producing this problem child called Ishmael. And and as a result of them trying to help God out, if you will, because he promised that they would have a child and they felt like time was going on and dragging on because it had been 10 years from the time that he made the promise to them. And so now they figure out, okay, well, Abraham, go on in there to my, you know, handmaiden and you can um, produce this child, this promised child. But this was not the child of promise, right? So it created all kinds of problems. And that's a lesson for all of us about getting a Ahead of God, we have to learn how to wait on God and be sure that when we're doing something, even when we're moving, because waiting does not mean inactivity, right? That we're doing something that doesn't work against or is going to cause and create a problem for our promise, right? So Abraham, even after you know having Ishmael and finally having Isaac, he had more children, but what he did was he sent them away because he favored Isaac. Maybe because he was the promise, maybe because, you know, he was born from this woman that he loved very much. Who knows? But he sent them away because it was his favorite, right? So verse 21 through 23, I want to jump down. And Isaac entered. So so let me go back. So So Isaac already had some issues being the favorite, being the promise, being, you know, everybody else get cast out because, you know, I'm dad's kid and, uh, you know, I'm not going nowhere kind of thing. <laughs> Verse 21, 23, think about that. And Isaac entered the Lord and treated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the child struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went in to inquire of the Lord. 23, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Skipping to verse 28, and want to go through the end, 20 to 34. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Right there, if that's not a red flag, um, pitting these siblings against one another and creating emotional turmoil and issues within the family, strife and sibling rivalry. Um, I don't know what it is. Verse 29, and Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom. So Edom means red, and the area was um, Edom, what they named um, Idumea, I think it was, something like that. Um, but this is where we get the Edomites from, or the Edomites from, right? So verse 31, and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. 
And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? So right now he is in a position where they say you should never do anything. And I didn't look it up, so forgive me. But I think the word is halt. When you're hungry, angry, um, something with L and you're tired, right? (laughs) Never make decisions when those things are going on in your life because you may not make the right decision. So he had just came out from the field hunting and doing what he normally does, and he was about to faint. So he was like, at this point, if I die, what good is my birthright? So he basically sold it, verse 33, and Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And he sold it for a pot of beans or some meat. Or whatever, yeah, meat. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, so beans and, and bread, right? And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He did not even consider what he was giving up based on his current situation. And if he had died, so what? But at least he would have died in faith or died with his birthright, what really belonged to him as being the firstborn and the elder. But you should have known something was wrong when we have um, Isaac um, grabbing onto the heel, (laughs) excuse me, Jacob, grabbing onto his heel and warring with him while they're in the womb. So I want to just read a couple of scriptures. And I'll try to, um, well, I'm just going to read what I have. I was going to pick out a few, but I'm just going to read these right here. Um, On the soul. And and I want you to hear them in your hearing and hear with with your heart, right? So Deuteronomy 4 and 29. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. So it's going to take our intellect, yeah, it's going to take knowing some things about God. It's going to take our emotions because we should love God because God is love. And it's going to take our will. We have to make a decision, a choice to be intentional about seeking after him. This involves our heart, right? And he said, you'll find me if you search for me with everything. For those of you that feel like he's far away from you, or for those of you that feel like you're insignificant or invisible, or that you don't know your purpose, or you don't feel like you have anything valuable or anything to contribute to, whatever it is, right? You may be sitting on your gifts because you haven't um, recognized the fact that we all have at least one. If you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. Seek him with all your soul. Matthew 16 and 26 For what is it a man's profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That shows how valuable and profitable um, or or, um, priceless really our soul is. It's the soul that shall be saved. There's a scripture that talks about it. So what good does it do for me to gain the biggest whatever and get all that I can and my soul is lacking? And I lose my soul and I exchange it, take it as a birthright, I I exchange it for some beans and bread. Psalm 62 and 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Those that are anxious and have anxiety, our souls need to rest in God. 
He is our rest and our dwelling place, our safety, again, our security, our refuge, our shelter. Read Psalms 91. Jeremiah 6 and 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look as for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Listen, this is Old Testament, so now New Testament under the new dispensation of grace and the now, because we don't have the Holy Spirit coming upon us, we have him living on the inside of us, we just simply have to acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not to our own understanding. Acknowledge him, and he said he would direct our path, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Psalms 42 and 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disquieted within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So self, this is self-talk. Why are you depressed? What's going on with you? What is wrong? Okay, listen, soul, because these are my emotions. These are things that are guarding my heart right now. This is the thing that's got my thinking off. This is the thing that's got me down and depressed. Why are you this way? Why am I so disturbed and uneasy and unsettled within myself? Got the remedy right in the same verse. Put your hope in God. I will trust in God. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. For I will yet praise him. So while I'm in this part of my life that's causing me to be in despair, the psalmist says I will yet praise him. Why? He's my Savior. He's the one that rescues and delivers me. And he is my God with a big G. Not no little God that don't have no power. The omniscient, meaning all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time, God. My Savior, your Savior. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, And I guess I might have to end there and we can pick it up on the other end because we are, um, time is well spent. But Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt, this is a great one to end on, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. We got to love him with everything that's in us. Love him with our intellect. Give it to him. He'll give us more. Love him with our emotions because love is an emotion. It absolutely is. Again, God is love, the very essence of what true love is. And I think there's another point that we really got to learn what love is, the 1 Corinthians 13 kind of love. Read it in the Passion Translation. If we really understood what love was, I think we'd see a very different body of Christ right now. Church, how about that? Got to love him with everything. And guess what? I responded to a post. When he said this, this is the first and greatest commandment. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, somebody was asking him, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And they were going back to the law. And this is what Jesus said, and this is also found in the book of Deuteronomy, that we should love the Lord our God with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our strength. That's the first commandment. And the second is likened unto it, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. Well, the problem might be that we really don't love ourselves the proper, proper way. 
Maybe we're loving ourselves from a broken place. Maybe we're loving ourselves from a place that never got healed, and maybe we're loving ourselves the best way we know how. But I am telling you that there is a most, a more excellent way. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So I'm going to pass the call right here, but I want to say that um, you matter to God. Your soul is something that we should not overlook. And because we have intellect, great, give it back to God. Let him use it for his glory and his honor. Because we are emotional, passionate beings, uh, Minister Philip mentioned that on um, Friday. Um, and because, you know, um, the way that we think makes a difference, Pastor Moses talked about that, right? Um, it's so very important that we get these things um, in order to the extent of this is something that we can do. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he's given us the ability to make right choices, to love like he loves, and to um, absolutely um, be sure that we are doing um, what's in our ability to do and nothing more. Yeah, we got to be stretched. Yeah, our faith has to be tried. Yeah, we got to walk this thing out. But he has absolutely promised that he is there with us, right? Oh, I love you. I passed the call to um, Pastor Moses. Wow, what a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for that message. That was just so, so, just so encouraging, Lord. And, Lord, from that place, standing on top of that, Lord, I want to pray that you just completely, completely permeate through each one of our lives, Lord, in those areas, through heart, soul, mind, body, spirit, Lord, that you, you're constantly bringing us into conformity. I thank you. That, Lord, I thank you that you care about the little details. From that place, I lift up the little details of each one of our life. I lift up the little relationships, Lord. I lift up even the situations in our body, Lord, even the health situations that have scared either family members or ourselves. Lord, we bring those into conformity with your will. Lord, even our thinking and our thoughts and our mind, Lord, we bring that into conformity with your will, Lord, and our spirit, Lord, we bring that in, into conformity with you, Lord. I thank you that you care to create us constantly in your image. Lord, I, I, I praise you, Lord, that you care about every single aspect of our life to have us go through things that are hard, that, that create anxiety, that create fear, that create these things that lead us back to our Father. Lord, that you care to let us go through these things, not because you don't, you don't love us, not because you want to see us suffer, Lord, but because you care to make us conquerors, Lord. You care to create in us victorious warriors, Lord. I pray that from that place, Lord, we see every single issue in our life, Lord. We see that in our world. We see that in our workplace, Lord. We see that in our marriages. We see that in our families, Lord. From that place, Lord, we reach out to you, Lord. And with that, I want to I just pray something specific, Lord, over our community, Lord, over each one of us, in the hearts of each one of us, Lord. I want to lift something up to you, Lord. I feel on my spirit so heavy. I, I, I want to address this, Lord. And I want to address this in worship. I want to address this in praise. And I want to address this issue in identity. Lord, we pray against the spirit of religion, Lord. We break it down boldly, Lord, that we no long, longer look outward, Lord, that we no longer look to, to checklists, that we no longer look, Lord, to, oh, I don't want to mess this up. And even when we don't know that we're doing that, Lord, I want to lift that up right now. And, I'm, and I repent to you for that, Lord. I repent to you for thinking that everything was in my control, 
I was responsible for everything. I was the one that needed to make the show happen. Lord, I was the one that needed, that was being relied on. No, it has nothing to do with this, Lord. And I want to break that down. I want to dismantle that. I want to systematically dissect and dismantle that spirit over this community, over each leader, over everybody, Lord, in our heart, Lord, because it's preventing us from experiencing the fullness of what you have for us, Lord, in our character, in our lives, in our relationships, that we stop getting so fixated on trying to fix this or do this or, or, or play church this way or do that or do something that we forget about the hurt ones that you placed in our household. Lord, that we forget about the hurt ones that are sitting in the cubicle next to us on Monday morning. Lord, I want to pray against, against the production, Lord, against the, against the show, Lord, that we don't think that we need to make anything happen. Lord, I want to pray from a healthy heart, Lord, that we, that we, we lead from healthy hearts, that we love from healthy hearts, Lord. That we, that we love from a healthy mind, Lord, that we, that we love from a healthy spirit, that we love from a healthy soul, Lord, and that we watch that change our communities, that we watch that change our households, that we watch that change our workplaces, Lord. I want to pray from that place, Lord, on the faith of knowing that you care about every single aspect, Lord, exactly what was spoken today, that you care to bring us into conformity with what your will is, Lord in our thinking, in our spirit, in our soul, in our heart, in our mind, Lord, in all these different areas of our life. I pray from that place, from faith in that place, to watch as our marriages are healed. In the areas that have been weighing them down for years, for months, for days, maybe for the week, Lord, we want to pray so that those areas can glorify you. Lord, I want to pray on that faith, Lord, so that we can see our children grow up to honor you, Lord, and our children continue to honor you in their everyday life, Lord. I want to pray from that place so we can watch our churches and our leadership reflect you in the greatest way, Lord, and not, and not thinking that, oh, well, you know what? I need to make this happen. It's up to me. I need to be the one that, that it's, you know, the success of this ministry, the success of this, of, this, uh, of this service today, the success of this prayer meeting, the success of this worship rehearsal. It all comes down to me. No, Lord, we, we go to you for everything, Lord. We go to you for that manna from above, for everything. We trust in you for everything right now. I want to pray and lift up those of us that are struggling with work right now and looking for a job and finding a job, or maybe we feel discontent at the job that we're at right now. Lord, I want to pray that we don't look at the job as our provider. It's not up to us. It is not up to us. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that we can say, you know what, God? You're going to pay the bills because you're the bill payer, and I'm going to go to this job, and I'm going to minister to people. It is infiltrating our life, Lord. It's infiltrating our world. It's infiltrating our politics. It's infiltrating our media, Lord. And it's infiltrating our relationships, Lord. And I pray from that place, Lord, that from that place that we will begin to see, Lord, you change things. I want to pray that in our politics, Lord. I want to pray that in our communities, Lord. I want to pray that in our schools. I want to pray that in our, our public services, Lord. I want to pray that in every area that we continue to, you continue to bring people into conformity with your will in their life, Lord. I want to pray that over every family, Lord, every mother, every father, every grandfather, every grandmother, every patriarch, every matriarch, that we continue to lead by example, Lord, that we are the light of the world, that we be those ones, exactly like we heard it today. We are the ones, Lord, that provide that example. I pray that you bring us into conformity in our lives into that, that we can trust you in the midst of the storm so that everybody that has fair weather can look at us and see wow, it's possible to get through the storm. It's possible to make it through the hard situations in my life because that Christian over there, I don't even believe in that, but that person that says they're a Christian, they just handle things so gracefully, so, so elegantly. They walk through the hardest season of their life 
not because they knew what was going on, not because they even were happy about it, but because they trusted their God. Who is their God? And people in our lives are going to ask that question. Even the people that have gone to church are like, oh, yeah, my mom goes to church. I don't really go to church. They're going to see us and say, oh, man, that's crazy how she does that. How does she get through things like that? Where does that faith come from? Our faith comes from above. We look, to the, we look above from the maker of heaven and earth. That's where we get it from. So, Lord, I, I ask that you be in the situations of this world through us Christians, Lord, through us believers. Not just Facebook posts, not just talking about it, but, Lord, but every single situation that, that we be the ones that are the light of this world, Lord. You're here with, through each one of us. Change this, Lord, change that. And you say, okay, then go do it. Because it's through us that it happens, Lord. Through the countries right now that are hurt, Lord. Through the parts of our country, Lord, that are hurting right now. Through the parts of our country that are experiencing. The, the people that are already passed away from heat stroke this weekend, Lord. The people that, that are, are struggling in communities that don't have power, that don't have, that don't have resources right now, that don't have clean drinking water, Lord, that are plagued with war, Lord. Those, those places in the world, Lord, continue to give us the vision, the courage, the drive, the motivation, Lord, the love, the faith that we can show your love in those places. Lord, I'm not going to sit back and ask that you do something while I kick my feet up and change a channel. Lord, I'm asking that you give us the vision to where we can serve to make this place because we don't need to change every area, but we need to change the area that you've called us to. So I, I break that spirit of religion over each one of us that says that we need to be responsible for it, but that we would trust you, Lord, but that we would trust you to work through us. Lord, I want to lift you up, Lord. I want to lift your name up. Everybody, if, if, you, if the Lord puts it on your heart to just cry out and worship for your community, for your marriage, for your son, for your daughter, for your prodigal, then come off mute and join me as we just lift up a shout right now to just Hallelujah. praise our God on behalf Hallelujah, of everybody Jesus. that we've been called to minister to. Lord, we Thank praise you, you on Father. everybody that you have called us to lead by example. To. Thank you, Lord. Lord I praise you for every family member right Thank now battling with drug addiction. Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to lift up for the depression and suicide. Lord, I want to lift up suicide. I want to bind the spirit of the over our loved ones. Over the ones that think that they're not good enough to live, Lord. Over the ones, Lord, that think that they're not qualified for life. Lord, I want to praise you over our family members, Lord. Thank you for bringing calm in the midst of the chaos. Thank you for calm in the midst of the chaos. Thank you for Thank you. 
Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be an ambassador for your kingdom, to be your ambassador, Father. I think we're going to you have no way to show up. You go on, you go on, Lord. We don't constrict you to a time. You have done. We Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
thank you, Father. And I just thank you, Lord. I, I praise you, Father, for coming. I want to be more like you, Lord. We lift you up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, 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 Thank and our name is created inside your hands, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, and Lord, we just seal this, Lord. We just seal it, Lord. We seal this to you, Lord, and we thank you, Father, for for just speaking today, Lord, boldly to each one of us, Father. We praise you, Lord. We want to just we want to thank you, Lord, for pouring out through each one of us, Lord, for pouring out, and that we can walk forward in faith and knowing that we don't need to have everything figured out. We don't need, it doesn't need to be theatrics. It doesn't need to be a production, Lord. It is just simple. It's just simple, Lord. We thank you. Lord, and I praise you for that. We feel this. We feel every, every syllable of worship that was offered up to you today. Lord, we feel this amazing, amazing word to you today. Lord, we praise you. Father, for everything that you've done through and for each one of us, Lord. Yes. Thank you that we are enough. Each one of us, you are enough. You are more than enough. I thank you for that, Lord, in, in, in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, Pastor Cole. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Moses, for that. And because he is enough, he's more than enough, you are enough. You are absolutely enough for whatever You've been called and created to do. For he has given us everything in this life that pertains to life and godliness. He's thoroughly equipped all those that he has called. And you've been called by God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Is there anybody that joined the call late and wants to say good morning? Good morning, it's Krishonda out in the woods. Good morning, good morning. Out camping, good morning. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your family. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning, Barbara. Out in the woods, too, camping. Yay! <laughs> enjoy. Y'all stay cool. Hallelujah. Somebody else is trying to say good morning. Good morning, sister. Wonderful word. This is Pam. Hey, Pam. Good morning, family. Thanks, sis. Hallelujah. Good morning, family. It's Sister Veronica. Happy Saturday. I'm always excited when Evangelist Lisa gives the word. So glad you. you. 
<laughs> Glory to God. So glad you're on the wake-up list, sis. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm above dirt, and I'm not hurt, and I hope the same for y'all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Amen. Yes, good morning. Hey, Sister Mona. Hey. And who was that else trying to say hi? Good, Natasha. Good morning. Good morning. Natasha. Beautiful good. words. Good morning. Glory. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Good morning. Good morning. Thank God bless you all this morning. Hey, Sarge. What's up? Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. It's Deidre. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Deidre. Good morning. Anybody else? Good morning. It's Gloria. Good morning, family. Hey, lady. Good morning. Hey. Where's Miss Demetriana at? She at the boot camp? I don't know. <laughs> no, probably. Her and mom are out of town to a family reunion. Okay, I know that. I ain't been on Facebook. Good morning. I'm going to keep her lifted up. Who is that that just said good morning? Rhonda. Hey, Rhonda. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, you must be working hard. <laughs> girl, you know I'm sitting here in front of the supply. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I just had a vision of a donut. You eating a donut? Oh, <laughs> no. I've been rushed. I can't have no donut today. I can't have one Monday. I can't have one today. Oh, girl, look. That's what I'm talking about. Be intentional. I have a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> morning. Anyone else want to say good morning? All right. So that was the share. Um uh, for those of you that do declarations, you you know that sometimes we write some stuff down, but thank God for just being able to yield and flow and go. So I was up this morning. You heard Dion talk about it, too, being up and just writing some things and adding some things. And so got nowhere near to the part about the heart, but that's okay because I believe what was said was said. And I had a whole bunch of other scriptures on the soul. So if you Google, Google is one of my good friends, um, if you Google the word soul, you can find, well, Google anything. I mean, I ask Google all kinds of questions, and I find out all kinds of answers. Um, you got to be discriminant about what you accept as the truth, but <laughs> um, you can Google just about anything. And so if you put a word in there and you say, like, maybe the soul, and then behind it write scripture so you don't get all the other crazy stuff because the other stuff will come, and then it'll bring up, like, a whole list of scriptures dealing with the soul. And if that's an area where you're struggling in, again, your emotions, your intellect, your will, right, the choices you're making in life, then that would be an area to kind of just hone in on and just focus in on and um, not overly doing it with neglect to your your spirit, okay, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying um, we can see based on what we're saying and based on the issues we are um, seeing flowing out of our lives, Um, where we are, and so hopefully this empowers us to say, I got control by the power of the Holy Spirit to make some different choices and to do something and don't just sit back and let life happen to me, and I don't have to stay this way if I'm not where I want to be. Amen. So just any thank you again, Pastor Moses, for, for ushering us in um with, with prayer and worship and thank you again, Tracy, for being the hostess with the mostest. 
Does anybody have any comments or anything to say or anything they'd like to share or need clarification or anything? Good morning. This is uh, Nikisha. Um, I I went and Googled uh, the <laughs> the Passion Translation, and I I had to just post it everywhere I'm on social media because it was, it was so awesome, and just to hear it in that translation just really opened me up. And it was just I I did get on late, but what I did here it was very. Are powerful, and uh, Moses just really ushered it, us in, and there were some things that he said that really um, touched me because, um, like, really, in my mind, between a rock and a hard place, but when he said about the job, and it's like that's where I'm supposed to be ministering at and not worry about the finances because i I just been literally out of my mind this whole month, just everything and just and the things that you were saying about how um sometimes we feel that we need to be the life of the party and this, that and the third. I just need to just rest in God. So I just really um just thank everyone and look forward to what the discussion and just grateful that I'm a part of this community. Love you all. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Nikisha. It relieves the pressure of us trying to to do so much and just allowing us to be, right? I mean, I was so grateful to learn in this class that I'm in about, you know, focusing on the solution rather than dwelling on the problem. Because when we make the problem the priority, then it consumes us and it has a way of overwhelming us. But if we can look past the problem towards the future of the promise, really, for believers, then we, and it's a Christian class anyway, so looking towards the, the future and solution of if God be for us, he's more than the whole world against us. And for that matter, who matters who's against us if he's for us? Just being able to shift our thinking towards the promises of what he has said and applying that and appropriating, really laying hold to that for our lives so that we recognize that every door that's open is a door that's been ordered behind the steps that he already ordered for our lives. Right, so if the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, women too, and he after he tries us, he knows the way that we shall take, and his plan bottom line is going to prevail, even when we get off track, he will get us back on because his plan cannot fail, his word will not fail concerning us, so just be encouraged, sis, yeah. Wherever we are, hey, I'm just going to say that's where I'm supposed to be now. If you know doggone well you ain't supposed to be there, that's a whole other thing. Get up out of there. <laughs> I'm not talking to you particularly, but I just feel like saying that, right? Because there's some places that we are and we know God didn't tell us to go there. We know, and I'm not talking about work necessarily, but we know we're not supposed to be there. We made a choice out of desperation. We made a choice out of a broken place. We made a choice out of maybe manipulation or need, um, whatever it might be. Um, but the, the intent would be to make the best possible choices with everything that we've been given, and starting with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Miss Lisa? Yes. Um, my name is Lavelle Jones, and I just want to say excellent word today. Hey, Pastor. 
I, I just and then you got to tell me where uh, Second Colossians is, okay? Because you said that. Did I say Second Colossians? I'm sorry, Colossians. Yeah, I, I just want to please tell me where Second Colossians is because I've never seen it in the Bible, but I'm just down. curious. <laughs> oh, I did write that because I was thinking Corinthians, but it is Colossians two and nine. Thank you so much. I appreciate that <laughs> for helping everybody. <laughs> That didn't even sound strange when it came out of my mouth. That's in the book of, no, just like, <laughs> thank you, Lavelle. Anybody else have anything? This is Barbara. Yes, ma'am. And that was an excellent word. I know I've heard it before, but I didn't catch the total um, sore thought, Reba. Could you repeat that for me, sweetie? I'm sorry, say that I again. I write so fast. Try to write fast. Which one? So a thought, Reaper. Oh, let that me whole get... section. Yeah, because I ain't. Okay, so it says, um, someone once said, so a thought, reap a deed. So a deed, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. Thank you, sweetie. Awesome word. Thank you, sis. Anybody else have anything? Uh, good morning. It, uh, this is Natasha. Hey, lady. Or, uh, on time, as usual. So I just thank you for that. The prayer that most times we cry, tripping snot on the floor and all. In the whole nine yard, <laughs> but it's just uh, my spirit. So uh, I thank you. It's more than I can even articulate, but I just I received it. So yes, thank you. Going back on mute. <laughs> thank you, sis. Praise God. Um, it's amazing where how we can all sit up under the same word and all get something different based on a place of need, right? And and I love how God um, can do that with the very same word that has many different applications. One intention, one one intent or text based on context, but so many different applications that we can use and apply to our right now, our right now. And that's just amazing and incredible how our God is like that. So glory to God. Thank you, sis. Anybody else have anything? Hey, sis Lisa. Hey, Gloria. This is this is our celebrity chef Ruth. No, I'm Ruth, that's what I'm I'm just like, <laughs> hey, celebrity no. chef. Every time I peek on Facebook. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that you said the right now, because I, I um, first of all, I want to say, um, of course, I'm glad to be a part of the call, but I like Saturdays because Saturdays, I'm not up rushing, trying to get to work. The kids ain't, you know, screaming in the background. Saturdays are more relaxed, and so um, I could sort of hear it and get it. And so I do relate a lot of the, um, you know, the... Um, the stories and the scriptures and also the declarations to my life right now um, because I've been on this call for a long time and, of course, we all have been through some situations 
And and now I can say that I'm glad that I went through all that stuff, you know, because now it 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 um, helped me to be the person that I am today. And um, I'm grateful for the plan that God has for my life because <laughs> the time right now, like you said, right now, um, I couldn't have, I have couldn't have received everything that I'm getting right now, like yesterday or the the. The, the the years I've been in the car, I wasn't ready. And I had to go through all that to get to this. So I'm grateful for the plan that he has for my life. And I'm just soaking it all in and, and, and being humble about it. I want to just take it all in because it's such a, um, it just feels so good. And it's such a blessing that I didn't give up when, you know, when, when I thought I wanted to give up, you know, and um, when I was, I would call in and just listen. I wouldn't say nothing, you know, just listen. I was taking all that information in and taking notes and stuff and writing scriptures and all that stuff. And I can go back and I can refer to all those scriptures and notes that I took, you know, um, some of them so old, I can't even read no more, but I'm glad that I did that. I didn't waste no time. You know, um, I didn't take the, all the declarations that we've been doing for granted um, because it is it helped me to get to where I am today. I'm so grateful right now that I um, that the one place that I um, the time that I cried about, I'm now praising. So thank you, Lisa, for the declaration. I love y'all. Amen. Thank you, sis. Um, you sound like Gloria. Actually, now I'm hearing more, um, or she sounds like you. Whatever, vice versa. But that's incredible, right? And what that does is, Ruth, it, it allows us to see growth and maturity. Right, so sometimes he'll have us in a place, and we don't even know why we're there. Um, and and sometimes we don't want to be there. Truth be told, might be kicking and screaming. But if we would just learn to relax and trust him, and we talk about this all the time, while we're going through the wilderness, or while we're in the process of getting from here to there, right? It, it, the idea, the intent, is to see the end, right? Just like he does, because he sees the end from the beginning. And he already knows that he has a future and a hope and an expected end for us. If we could just wrap our brains around that and be able to operate from that position, what we're going through, what we're facing, what we're in now won't be so insurmountable. It doesn't mean it's going to go away. It doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. It doesn't mean like it won't seem like it's impossible, but we will still have the hope to keep pressing and going. And it might even change our um, countenance in it. It might even put a pep in our step. It might even be like Pastor Moses was saying, how in the world did they go through that and still was standing and still was praising God and still was believing and didn't become all crazy and, you know, even that spooky spiritual got to go away, whatever. I'm just saying, do what you got to do for you. But I'm just saying the world is looking, and so they're already scared off by what they don't understand. But if we could just be able to navigate through this life believing that our God is real and that he is omnipotent like he has all power, he already know everything, and he lets us in on some stuff, really? Yeah. So we have to resurrect monuments so that we can go from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength, going from, you know, the process of that sanctification, that process of um, maturing in God, that process now, because my last class that I was in was discipleship-making um, and it was talking about unhealthy leaders producing and leading and reproducing unhealthy disciples, unhealthy, immature 
disciples. And that all goes back to us not maturing in our soul. Um, got so many other things together, but so so many other things that we're overlooking, don't even realize and not even paying attention to. And bottom line, a lot of this just boils down to sometimes us being distracted. And as Moses prayed, that religion thing is a huge distraction. There are some great things about it. Don't get me wrong. When I say religion, don't be confused. Religion is just simply rituals and traditions and customs and doing the same thing over and over and over again. You hear people talking about, I brush my teeth religiously, (laughs) right, whatever you might say. That's just to give you a little bit of thought of what, what we're really talking about here. We're not talking about the church when we say religion. We're talking about the things that we do that, that aren't biblically based. They they don't um they they had their idea for and they had their purpose, I guess, and some of it really didn't. But some things that and, and we will stick to that stuff um more soundly than we will to the truth of the word of God. We know that stuff more than we know the actual word of God. The wearing of white on Sundays, all this, I can, I'm not going there. Anyway, thank you, Ruth. <laughs> thank you for that. Anybody else have anything? And I get why we do it. Don't get me wrong. I get why we do it. But we're so caught up in the externals of some things, and we've missed the greater matters of our heart, and we've allowed people to sit, not allowed. We've been sitting in the pews and standing in the pulpits, and we're broken, and we're not. some of us are not addressing that brokenness. And it stems from our, um, our hearts, our souls being so deeply damaged and bruised and we brushing it off like it don't matter. It, it matters. It matters. Yeah. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Hey, Sarge. You know, I often think about how, you know, the nicknames we give each other, you know, on the call. And, and we, you know, I really am thankful for the way that you minister to us because you um, go deep into the words. So we we say you are the walking word. And as you were um, speaking about the Godhead, and and, and you said that Jesus is the word in in the part of the Godhead. And I'm like, wow. And that's, that's kind of deep. And I was just thinking about how uh, we the, the way our our soul and our spirit and all is connected. Mm-hmm. You know the Godhead and how uh, my flesh fights against, and it doesn't want to. Uh, it, it attempts to uh, hinder my faith and my beliefs. And I was like, wow, we can really get deep and go deeper into this discussion about the the Godhead. And um, I I just really appreciate the way you ministered to us, Lisa. And I, I, you know, about us, you know, going to the church and so many of us um, being broken and going to church Sunday after Sunday and um, still struggling um, in our faith. And, you know, I I know Jeff, through 
a lot of work on Jeff to the best of my ability, but I need every solution. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for my 12-step process, and I know that I must go deeper, but that 12-step actually helps me to uh, break free in areas where and that I don't um, get it from the pulpit uh, of, of religiously going to church, you know, because I'm actually um, doing some work and, and deep soul searching um, so that I, I, I actually don't waver in, in my faith because my flesh fights against the uh, my soul, you know. Oh, it's it's like man, I I can't. It's kind of hard for me to explain what I'm trying to say, but I'm I was hoping you can break it down if you understand where I'm coming from. You know, thank you, brother Jeff, and glory to God for that. You know, I've been thinking about that word, the walking word. Well, we all are walking. Um, living epistles with our lives to be read by people that see us, right? And the true ultimate walking word was the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the word made flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That's over in um, First John, is it? Over in John, yeah, over in John, excuse me. Um, and then 14, and the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, so he became the walking word he is. So I kind of have a problem now as I'm thinking about that with that, that saying, funny you would mention it because I've been thinking about it. But anyway, um, yeah, but we all are, our lives are living um, epistles or books or letters, if you will, for for others to see, again, going back to the prayer, and what are they seeing? Uh, what are they seeing? So when we look at those three, right, um, over in Colossians <laughs> 2 and 9, how um, the Godhead bodily dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ because we know him as God. He and the Father are one, and we know him as, you know, giving his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to us, um, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, being given to us when he had to leave here. And they both can be here at the same time, is what he said, because if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit was not going to be able to come and live on the inside of us. Well, looking at those three, right, we've got the three, the mind, body, and the spirit under our um um, how we're made up in his image and likeness, if you will. Um, and then there's so many different threes. I read you that other scripture about the earth, the water, and the spirit, right? Um, there's another thing. Look at the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Therein lies the struggle that we are fighting with. We got three enemies. We got the flesh, we got the world, and we got the devil. Three is something about that number three. On the third day, Jesus got up. He rose from the dead, right? So we have to look at patterns that have been established in our lives, start making associations that, all right, how do I deal with this flesh? It's not just a spiritual issue. There are some emotional things. There are some choices I'm making and decisions I'm making. And there are also some things that have hurt my heart that caused me to make these decisions the way that I'm making them. And I think if we, don't ignore, if we ignore these things and we don't recognize that they exist, how can we deal with them, right? So that lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, that's what got Eve in trouble. Eve, excuse me, in trouble in the Garden of Eden. Those very same three, and we are still going to deal with them as long as we're in this body, in this flesh. Nevertheless, we don't hear about it often, and when we do, it's not in a really loving way how we have to crucify this flesh. 
literally have to kill it every single day because in this flesh there's no good thing. Now, we're not talking about the spirit of God living on the inside of us. We're talking about this flesh that want to do what it wants to do when it wants to do it, how it wants to do it because it knows what it likes. Being drawn away by our own lust. So the word talks about it's not sin when we have the thing and we're looking at it with the exception of a man looking at a woman on her heart and lusting after her. But when we see something and we're confronted with something or a temptation, it's not a sin until we give into it. Right? So therein lies the fight. Therein lies the war. And what I have at the bottom of this paper, I think it is, is that we have to get to the point where we are more lovers of God than we are um, lovers in pleasing this flesh. We have to get to the point, and that's the part of sanctification and the transformation and the conforming, that what we want is to please God more than what we want um, towards pleasing ourselves and what we want. And believe me, when we start aligning, and those three have to line up, all those threes have to line up, right? It's like a perfect storm when they line up. We'd be amazed to see how God really does give us the desires of our hearts. He plants them on the inside of us. We'd be amazed to see how really his plan is far greater than anything in his perfect will than we could ever dream up or create for ourselves. That part is that yielding our will to his will. With every bit of emotion, (laughs) that's loving God with everything, and our intellect, right, because we're making some decisions here and we're being intentional about it. hope that helped, Brother Jeff. Oh, yes. Thank you. See, I know you could go a little bit deeper for me. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, sir. I don't know if I said this already, but, I mean, Every time we talk about religion, it seems like we're sliding the church and we're sliding. We we just don't know what we don't know. Some stuff is out and out, just outlandish. <laughs> but some, a lot of, um, you know, us have really good intentions. We just don't know some things. And I just believe that's why he says over in Hosea, um, I believe it was, that my people perish for lack of knowledge, you know. And people condone or condemn, not condone, but they condemn knowledge and seminary and getting an understanding and wisdom, and you don't have to go to seminary to do it. But if wisdom is the principal thing, and in all you're getting to get an understanding, why do we feel like in the church that is not necessary? And I'm not saying that as a generalization for everybody. I'm just saying that if we could really just see how, and I'm speaking to myself as well, See how what has been written in the word, the examples, the lives of ordinary people doing extraordinary things really has impacted and changed the world starting off with 12 and changing and impacting the whole world. Declare victory. What's our our excuse? And I'm saying we're doing more than some, and I'm not trying to measure ourselves by anybody else, but I know individually I can do better, and it's not in the doing. It's about being who God called me and created me to be and pressing towards that until I receive and walk in and exercise and it helps to empower others to do the same thing. Are there any other comments 
I want to read for you guys just a few more of those scriptures about the soul, if you don't mind. So, 3 John 1 and 2, Beloved, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Right? So, we have prospering, meaning being fruitful and reproducing and seeing increase and advancing and being in health, right? That's that health in that body. So recognizing we have authority to speak to some things. Um, you hear often Dion talking about some things don't come out but by prayer and fasting, right? Some things we have to learn as part of crucifying that flesh um, and turning down the noise so that we can really hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Um there's prosperity to be had for the believer, and I'm not talking about material things, although that's possible as well, right? But wouldn't it be something if we were full of reproducing and replenishing um, prosperous in our wisdom? It's God that gives man the ability to obtain wealth. He gives us witty inventions and um that can turn around and reproduce some things, but what will we do with what we get when we get it? That's the part of being a good steward and stewardship. So this brings me back to my other question that I asked. If he came right now, all things being common and everything that you're going through presently, or wherever you are and what state you are in your now, will he find you in faith? Because you know he's coming back, right? He's going to crack the sky. We're not going to know. Will he find us in faith? Faith in him, that is. So when you're looking up in the sky today, (laughs) and you see just like for an instant, he could be coming down and riding right towards you. How's he going to find you? Because we do know without faith it's impossible to please him, him meaning God. And any of us that come to God must first believe that he is, and then he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means we go all out. Somebody was talking about it recently, yesterday, I think it was on the call, or maybe the day before, about being diligent. I think it was Mona, pursuing him with passion. Yeah, that was it, for um, when Minister Philip was ministering. Pursuing with passion, just like we was chasing that stuff out there in the world. We diligently looking for him and his appearing, um, just like that woman was looking for that lost coin. I'm sure she was tearing up that house. Just like the good shepherd went out and went and got that lost sheep. Okay, I'm talking a lot, and I can do that. That's one of my <laughs> things. So does anybody have anything? And if not, I'll give you back some time, and you can enjoy your Saturday and remain cool. We're good? Okay. Going once. All right. Well, I thank you all. Um, again, I'm not going to take the time to read all these scriptures. going to give you back a little bit of time. You got some change back. Um, Saturday, I pray that something was said 
to stir you up on the inside, get you excited. And I kind of feel like Pastor um, Van Hook, where he talks about even if we get mad about some things, it's not the person that's presenting necessarily, so don't be mad at me if you are. Just get mad at, you know, um, where we don't line up with the Word of God. But try what I've said by the Spirit. Look, search like the Bereans did. Go through, read the Word, find out um, where you are and where your life lines up with it. If you are particularly unhappy with what you're having in life, now just because that doesn't mean your life cannot be lining up and things be seeming like they're going all crazy and haywire. Well, just know that that's just an opportunity for us to gather some more strength, to allow God to be God in those situations, to see him in new ways that we've never seen and experienced before, and that that trying of your faith is producing something in and through you, like Ruth was saying, to get you ready for a time that's coming in your life, that you're going to need some extra endurance, you're going to need some extra strength, you're going to need the ability to stand um, in the position where he's taking you to. So fret not yourselves of evildoers. They're going to be cut off. God would deal with them. Don't worry about the finances. I get it. I know it's easier said than done, but he has so many resources that are available to you. Sometimes it just means seeking after them and going after them and coming out of what we're familiar with and comfortable with. God is faithful, that promise. So, Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your people. I pray um, and come into agreement with everything that's been spoken according to your word, that we would line ourselves up with your word and that you would continue to do the work that you began in us and that you will complete until the day of Christ Jesus. I thank you for our minds being um, stirred up, our hearts being softened and made more pliable, our spirits being encouraged and excited in you, um, that you are the hope of glory. We bless you and we praise you. I pray that you meet the need even now for those that didn't want to open their mouths and share what may be going on with them. They didn't have to because you already know. You know our thoughts are far off. You know what we think even before we think it. You know the condition of our heart because man looks on the outward appearance, but you look at our heart. So, God, give us a heart of flesh and a heart to love you and to love your people and to be um, all that you've called and created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you all to life. Stay cool. Enjoy your Saturday. Amen. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Have a good day. Man, have a good day.